all day. Uh, right, hello everybody, and welcome to today's Trend Signal podcast. It's the 17th of August, uh, 2020, um, and we're going to be talking about the forex and stock markets uh, in our usual podcast here with uh, Jerry Miller. Hi, Jerry. Uh, hello there. Hi, morning. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the, a bit of a review of what's been going on over the last week or so, what the main talking points were, uh, setting us up for the week ahead. Um, pretty decent moves last week. Um, we had gold having a massive uh, pullback, so big profit taking, perhaps we're going to talk about that. And we're sort of well into August now, and we're going to talk about how the sort of the August trading tends to adopt a different style. Uh, and we seem a little bit Augusty uh, really at the moment. So um, Jerry, let's uh, pass over to you, shall we? So what do we know? What's been going on? I like that, Aidan, Augusty. Um, yes. We're, we're a bit Augusty. Um, I, I think what what happens in a typical year, and I'd hasten to add, this is clearly not a typical year, but uh, in a typical year, a lot of um, uh, people, certainly in the financial sector, they take their annual vacations, uh, certainly in the US, uh, in the lights of Central Europe, certainly in France, a lot of people take their vacations in the whole of uh, August. So uh, it, it tends to have fewer participants, hence there's um, uh, less um, activity. Uh, but it doesn't mean there aren't moves, Adrian, because when you get moves and there aren't so many people around, often there's not so much of a resistance to those moves and you, you can get some huge swings. Not that we've had huge swings. Gold, yes, uh, last week we had a big sell-off, but uh, um, uh, it's it's that August effect, but it's just not a typical year. So to what extent um, it is the, the August effect, I'm not sure at this stage, but it feels quiet, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. And, and you, you're absolutely right. You can still get some big moves, particularly bank holidays uh, as well. You often think nothing's going to happen, but on lower volumes, you do still get those big moves. But often those moves are eliminated by the time that uh, the US reopens on Tuesday. It's quite an interesting, quite an interesting time uh, anyway. But um, so, Jerry, what's um, been happening over in the Far East um, and uh, what's what's been happening in the in the markets then? Uh, okay, well, we woke up this morning to find um, a bit of a, a bounce in, U, in Far East markets. The CSI was up about 1.4%, Hang Seng in Hong Kong up about 1%, all down to the People's Bank of China uh, injecting liquidity into the banking system, um, which is interesting because, uh, you know, over the weekend, there was more news from the Trump administration about it just sounded a bit belligerent, really, sort of targeting more Chinese firms in his um, quest to uh, challenge and rid the US of any firms that are linked to the Chinese state, which it's got to be a lot of them are really, I would have thought. But anyway, um, yeah. but that that's um, uh, sort of buoyed the markets despite the Trump news over the weekend, as I said, and then FX markets, euro and sterling a little bit uh, stronger again um, against the dollar ahead of uh, uh, the minutes from the Federal Open Market Committee, you know, the rate setting committee, a bit like our MPC here in the UK, uh, that's the rate center committee in the US, uh, the US Central Bank. Um, but markets last week, uh, yeah, stocks did well. There's definitely an underperformance uh, here in Europe versus the US. Mm. In fact, versus uh, bases a lot of markets against the US. Uh, the FTSE really struggled, uh, only up about 57 points, up just short of 1%. Contrast that to the Dow. Uh, up about 490 odd points. That's 1.8%. Uh, the uh, S&P up 21 points. That's only 0.64 of a percent. DAX 
226 up at 1.8%. So you can see the, uh, the the difference in the two. Uh, Nikkei up 959 points, uh, four and a quarter percent. Uh, and all this down, it's, a lot of it's down to foreign exchange um, effects. Uh, the S&P really nudging. Uh, you know, if you look at those um, the charts there, you can see it nudging. Uh, certainly, you can see it on the um, uh, down, the well, here. but the yeah. S&P is attempting to push uh, to its all-time highs, and there's a bit of a lid on it at the moment, and it's backed away um, a few times. I certainly had several attempts last week. Um, yeah, look at it, just extraordinary. I mean, what a buying opportunity that was. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal, isn't just, it? it it's, uh, and it, it's that classic sort of central bank um, uh, government um, long stop as it were you know if the markets go bad the central bank and government step in it's uh, uh it's not the real economy as we've discussed but wow uh FTSE, well you know that's been constrained i think by the stronger sterling uh relative to where yeah. it used to be uh, and i think you know after the uk decided to quarantine all travelers from france uh, it looks like the travel Leisure stocks got hit quite badly on Friday. Um, so travel, the likes of the airlines and the likes of TUI and IAG. Um, I really think the other thing as well is that it, it's the FTSE's got more sort of traditional companies, shall we say, um, hasn't it? That, that that make it up. You know, it's the banks, it's the you know, insurance, it's it's the mining stocks, it's oils. You know, these sorts of businesses, pharmaceuticals, traditional companies. Whereas a lot of the drive and the the growth. Um, from the APs on the technology side, isn't it? Yeah. Which we don't have too many of. Um, no, and, no. And you, the lag. So you can see no on the one wants... the... Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, no one wants to go near the banks, do they? I mean, it's just... Uh, no. They're, they're a bad penny at the moment. So you've got the S&Ps up at, you know, back back to its all-time highs. Uh, whereas you look at the, the recent highs in January on the FTSE of 7,600. Well... What have we recovered on? My guess is probably about 40% of the fall yeah. Um, yeah. compared to the S&Ps, which have recovered nearly 100% of the fall. It's, yeah. it's, and, the, yeah. and the Nikkei way ahead, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Nasdaq, sorry. The yeah. Nasdaq, well, the Nasdaq's so new highs, that's right. Uh, and the market breadth in the States, as we've discussed previously, it's all technology driven. So there are those key four stocks that are responsible. Uh, there are five stocks that actually were responsible for 20% of the market capitalization of the S&P 500. And they've all had a blistering run. Four of them are just unbelievable. Um, I don't want to start repeating previous comments, but it is extraordinary. But, but there's an article in the FT today about how um, some of the smaller stocks, uh, the strategy for a lot of investors would be buy a lot of the small cap stocks and just sit on them and wait for them to explode. Uh, that's not really been happening. Um, mm. So I, I, I do think it's not telling the tr a true picture really of what's going on in the US. There's definitely been a, a reallocation. It's, if, you're not in, if you're not in those five technology stocks, Adrian, you are not up. You're not yeah. back at the, the, where it was just before um, uh, the uh, pandemic. So uh, uh, and that's that, just to be very clear. Um, other than that, um, well, Japanese markets uh, have performed really well um, just in this last week because of the yen. And if you look at the dollar yen, you can see that uh, weakening against this against sterling. Sorry, against the dollar and the euro and sterling, of course. Um, mm. Gold, well, that's the big one, isn't it? If you want to put on it the gold is, chart, yeah, um, gold. Um, so this is the four-hour chart, really starting to sell off from the 7th of August, but my word, um, the 11th <laughs> and the 10th, that was, uh, that's a ridiculous candlestick. In fact, if I just show this on the daily chart, um, 
Where are we? Uh, there. Just a, an outrageous candlestick, to be honest. Yeah. Given what's been happening, you know. Yeah. They, we always say, don't we? Up, up by the stairs, down by the escalator. Uh, or the oh, it's, it, it, it's a very crowded trade, Adrian, and I think uh, you know we were discussing earlier on about Berkshire Hathaway. That's Warren Buffett's um, um, business, although uh, he doesn't own all of it, obviously. Uh, but um, that's reallocated uh, some of its funds into a gold fund, as you were discussing this morning yeah. with me. Uh, and I think that's sort of significant, but he doesn't always get it right, though, does he? I know one of his I remember he tried to short the dollar one year and got absolutely creamed. Uh, and I think his investment in Tesco at the top of the market was another um, bet noir. But uh, mm. uh, no, gold's done well. Uh, but that, that sell-off is actually the largest uh, sell-off in history in terms of actual dollar movements, uh, but not in percentages. It's because it's up at 2050. Um, it, it was always going to correct quite quickly, bearing in mind, you know, where has it come from? Uh, since mid-July, it was around $1,800. That's, uh, that's that's a big move on the upside. You're bound to get a, the, the cork's bound to pop at some stage. And, and, and we saw that, um, you know, last week. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what about oil, Jerry? Oh, a little bit dull, really. You know, it, it, it took a bit of a leg up uh, the previous week and then it gets stuck in a, the same sort of very tight, tr relatively tight trading range. Um, I think it's still tracking US equity markets, uh, but the gains are very, very modest. Um, I think um, central bank minutes may sort of highlight the concerns over the global pandemic recovery. And I think that that could hit oil possibly. And also we got a meeting, an OPEC meeting uh, on Tuesday. We can get onto that when we go through the calendar, but that's uh, the OPEC JMMC. And I haven't got a clue what that meant. And I've looked at that Joint Ministerial Monitoring Committee and that's uh, uh, they'll, they'll be discussing their, their policy. Uh, and that is something that could affect the oil market. So, uh, you know, um, whenever we reach a, a sort of a denouement in equities and uh, if there is a change of strategy in the oil and from OPEC, that could affect oil. But for now, quiet. Yeah. OK, well, I think that's pretty much it, Jerry, isn't it? So um, we will be back in a, a few moments. We'll be recording the podcast for the week ahead, uh, looking at the main events. Uh, so please tune in for the podcast on your favorite podcast place for that. Um, and uh, if you'd also like to attend one of our live trading events this week, then you're welcome to book along for that as well. So uh, you can go to our short link. So bit.ly slash learn TS. So bit.ly slash learn TS. You can book in for a free live trading webinar that we're running this week. Um, choose the slot that's both uh, suited to you um, and we'll teach you one of our strategies uh, that can help you identify some real high probability turning points uh, using some very simple rules uh, to pick those up as well for FX indices and commodities so make sure you come along to that but otherwise as I said we're going to jump off now and we're going to start recording the uh, events for the trading week ahead so please have a look at that out too all the best guys have a great week's trading <laughs>